The Chicago Blackhawks moved to 2-0-0 under interim head coach Derek King and have now won back-to-back games for the first time this season. I'll go over a full recap of last night's win over Pittsburgh as well as some other stats and takeaways. And then to wrap things up, I'll talk about how the Hawks' offseason additions proved to make a difference in last night's game. All right here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Blackhawks podcast, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Today is Wednesday, November 10th. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you can also check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talkin' Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And if you're listening to the audio version of this and you like what you're hearing today, then please be sure to go and follow the podcast. You can also go and leave me a review if you want to as well. It's all for free wherever you may listen to your podcast, whether that be through Apple Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, Google Podcasts, etc. If you go and follow the show right now, then you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. All right, good morning, everyone. And as always, thank you for checking into today's episode of Lockdown Blackhawks and for making the show your first listen here to start your day. Before getting into anything, just like yesterday, whether you're listening this to the audio ver- on the audio version or if you're listening through uh, YouTube, either way, please be sure to first go and like this video and also please, please, please go and subscribe to the Lockdown Blackhawks YouTube page. I'm just starting up here on YouTube, folks, and I could use all the support that I can get right now. So once again, please, it will only take two seconds if you can just go and like this video and also subscribe to the Lockdown Blackhawks YouTube channel. That would help me tremendously. Plus, you're going to want to be subscribed here because this is going to be your one-stop shop for everything Blackhawks. Let's get into... The Hawks' second consecutive win last night against the Pittsburgh Penguins, defeating them 3-2 in a shootout at the United Center. That moves interim head coach Derek King's record to 2-0-0 now through his two first game, uh, first two games from behind the bench. Uh, and for the first time this season, folks, the Blackhawks have won back-to-back games. I can't believe it took 14 games into the year to say that, but... Here we are, better late than never, I guess. Uh, And it's just kind of funny that with Jeremy Colleton as the man in charge, he got off to a 1-9-2 start through those first 12 games. And now Derek King has two victories in in as many games and has already surpassed Jeremy Colleton for wins as a head coach this season. Uh, But listen, I still don't think it's right for people to act like – King has made all the difference in the world here for this Blackhawks team. And yes, while I I do believe he has been a a breath of fresh air and has let these players play freely and on their instincts or whatnot, um, maybe that's made a a difference. But at the same time, the Blackhawks are still kind of running, running the same structure and system that they were when Colleton was still here as the head coach, Derek King really hasn't had all that much time to implement any changes that he would like. He's had one practice and two morning skates, I believe. So um, 
even though the results have been much better and very different than we saw with Colleton calling the shots. I, I don't think that necessarily means that King is a much better head coach than Colleton is or anything. Um, but one thing I will say about Derek King is that uh, I, I think he was just the right mindset for this Blackhawks team right now. You know, with Jeremy Colleton, as I said, he's so structured, very detailed. Uh, and he's really worried about his system and doing the right things at the right time or just making sure everyone was always in the correct spot. I feel like for the players, sometimes you get all that stuff in your head and you're so focused on, like I said, being in the right place at the right time and making the right play that you kind of just forget that you need to go out there and feel the game out and rely on your instincts in order to get things done. I think with Jeremy, he just more so focused a little bit too much on the organization and all those details rather than just letting the guys go out there and execute. Um, So again, I don't think that King necessarily is such a better head coach than Jeremy Carlton or anything. No, I just think uh, a difference in opinion here has kind of led to the Blackhawks playing more open and, and freely and just happened to lead to back-to-back victories so far. Uh, and also one thing I want to mention with Derek King is that he's just more so been the guy to put the players in a position to succeed, you know, uh, and just kind of let them go and get the job done with guys they're familiar with, you know, uh, with Colleton, he was reluctant to play Dylan Strom in the lineup, let alone down the middle at center. Uh, he never also really put Dominic Kubalik and Jonathan Taze together this season when those two have shown tremendous chemistry together in the past. And also even Patrick Kane and Alex DeBrinkett were being split up for the most part. You know, that's that's probably the biggest difference to me here with Derek King is that he's just letting them go out there and, and get into spots where they can be comfortable and make things happen. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know why Colleton was reluctant to, to do those things. I know he wanted four lines that could check, whatever that means. I don't know why checking's so important for a team with one win. Um, But I just think King has gotten back to the fundamentals here and has done right with his lineup maneuver so far. First off, Dabrinka and Kane, they're so dynamic together. I mean, it just feels wrong to split those guys up, you know? Um, And clearly, uh, they are able to make things happen on most shifts together. Their chemistry is unbelievable. It's like the puck's on a string when they're moving it out there. They play together on the power play, so it kind of just makes sense for them to remain together on the top line. Uh, And and Taves and Kubalik on the second line. Why not? Dominic Kubalik hadn't done anything in his last five or six games with Colleton as the head coach. So King recognized that wisely put Kubelik back in a spot where he's had success in the past. And what do you know? Kubelik's put together back-to-back impressive performances here with Derek King calling the shots. So um seems like these decisions and lineup changes by Derek King have worked out nicely for all parties involved. Uh, in the game on, on Sunday, particularly with Kubelik, I know he hasn't recorded a goal yet, Uh, in these last two games, but he's had a bunch of chances. He led the Blackhawks with six shots on goal in that game against Nashville on Sunday. 
had a plethora of chances as well last night against the Pens. Unfortunately, rang one off the post in the third period when he could have put the game away, but definitely Kubalik has looked more alive than he has in the last couple of weeks since being reunited with Jonathan Taze. I was also a little salty that Kubalik rang one off the pipe since I had $20 down on him to score a goal last night. Can't buy one of these bets. I'm still going to throw money down until I get it right. But, I mean, uh, that one was frustrating to say the least. Kubelik came so close to winning me like 30 bucks, But, nope, off the post. Still has not scored a goal in his last eight games. But things are definitely trending in the right direction for Dominic Kubelik. And if I'm Derek King, I'm not making any changes to either of those top two lines. Also, what I'm really liking about Derek King so far is that he's Already relying on the big dogs to get the job done. I mean, Seth Jones, Connor Murphy, Alex DeBrinkett, Patrick Kane, they've been on the ice for the major portion of the game, which they should be. Those are the Blackhawks' best players. They need to be playing, especially in crunch time down the stretch. Uh, Seth Jones finished with over 30 minutes last night. I'll have plenty more on him coming up in just a minute. I saw Patrick Kane was double shifting with both power play units from time to time, which I don't think is ever a bad idea to get Kane additional touches in the offensive zone. And same with Alex Dabrinkit. I mean, the cat has become such a valuable weapon, not only in the offensive zone, but also on the penalty kill and in defensive situations too. King already shows that he can trust Dabrinkit in all of those and he's shown that so far by playing him. I believe he got 26 minutes of ice time last night. Uh, and with Jones, one thing I wanted to say, not only did he finish with thir- over 30 minutes of ice time last night, but he also played three minutes and nine seconds of the five-on-five overtime period. Derek King knew that he needed his big dogs out there in order to try and pull off a victory, and he was not hesitant at all to throw Jones out there for all the big-time situations. So. Um, also I completely forgot about this. Derek King continues to use the trio of Kane or Debrinkit, Kane and Jones to start out overtimes, despite Alex Debrinkit not being a center, which has made me laugh that the last two times the King has gone that route, basically forfeiting the face off just for the, for that offense. But Hey, it's worked out both times so far. Uh, it's just given me a good chuckle going to see Debrinkit out there for the three-on-three face-off to start overtime. But, I mean, I'll take plenty more of that if the Blackhawks keep reaching overtime because that's the best trio for the Hawks. They need to be out there. And if you all remember last year, Jeremy Colleton would start David Kampf on the three-on-three period. I know if he won the face-off, he'd change immediately. And if they lost, he was out there to be solid defensively. But that's just still never really made sense to me because when we're trying to transition from defense to offense, you're not going to want camp on the ice. He's going to go for a change and that's probably going to ruin the, I don't know, whatever. David camp's gone. Jeremy Carlton's gone. It, it doesn't even matter at this point, but so far it's just clear that Derek King has trust already in his superstar players to get the job done in crunch time. And uh, he's not overthinking it at all in these scenarios. He's letting the big dogs ride and, um, that was probably something that Colleton was a little guilty of during his his time here, not only uh, this season, but also in the past couple of years as Blackhawks head coach. 
All right, there are my first couple of thoughts on last night's contest and Derek King remaining undefeated. Coming up in just a moment, I am going to go over a full recap of the Hawks' 3-2 win over the Penguins in a shootout. But first, I need to talk to you all about Shopify. Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources that were once reserved for big businesses so that upstarts, startups, and established businesses alike can sell everywhere. They can synchronize online and in-person sales and stay effortlessly informed. And you can quickly reach customers online and across social networks with an ever-growing suite of channel integrations and apps, including Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, and more. It's more than a store. Shopify grows with you. Shopify believes in liberating commerce for all because entrepreneurship has the power to drive communities forward and commerce can be a force for good. And right now, if you go to shopify.com slash NHL, all lowercase, one word, you can get a free 14-day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today by going to shopify.com slash NHL right now. I also need to talk to you all about Built Bar, which is the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Built Bar has a ton of awesome classic flavors like double chocolate, strawberry, raspberry, salted caramel, and they now have a couple of new flavors as well like grasshopper cookie, which is really good if you're a fan of mint. They also have cookies and cream, which they just sent me a box of as well. And I gotta talk about my personal favorite, which is blueberry muffin. I can't believe there's a blueberry muffin protein bar out there on the market right now. But if there's a flavor you like, I guarantee that Bill Bar's got it. They also have a ton of additional flavors right now, aside from the ones that I just mentioned, all of which are covered in 100% real chocolate and are soft, easy to chew, and great for the keto diet. Not only are all the bars low calorie and low sugar, but they are also a tremendous source for protein and fiber. So be sure to go to uh, BuiltBar.com today and use the promo code LOCKED15, that's a capital capital L in LOCKED, then the number 15 to get 15% off your next order. One more time, be sure to check out BuiltBar.com for a delicious and healthy snack option and use our exclusive promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. Welcome back to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. Getting into segment two now today, it's time for my full recap of the Blackhawks' 3-2 win against the Pens last night. First, real quick though, whether you're watching this video through YouTube or if you're listening through the podcast app, please, please, please be sure to go and first like this video and also go and subscribe to the Lockdown Blackhawks YouTube page. Go and comment down below. Tell me who you thought was the Blackhawks' best player last night and why. And I really appreciate all the support that everyone's shown me so far. But now, to keep things growing, I would really appreciate it if you all can do me one more favor. Go and like this video. Comment down below who you thought the Blackhawks' best player was last night and why. And also, go and subscribe to the Lockdown Blackhawks YouTube page for your one-stop shop for everything Blackhawks. Now, moving on into a recap of last night's 3-2 victory for the Hawks, just like Sunday versus Nashville, the majority of the first period was pretty slow, not a whole lot going on offensively for either side, kind of just a feeling out process, but as the period went on, I 
did think the Blackhawks started to wake up a little bit and they wound up generating uh, the better looks of the opening 20 minutes. And I thought they were the better team in the first period. So it was nice to see the Hawks come out of the gate with uh, a pretty good start. Just basically as point, don't fall behind after 20 minutes. That's the goal of this Blackhawks team. That's what haunted them so much through those first nine or 10 games. They were never playing with the lead. So to come out of the first period, nothing, nothing, that basically feels like a win at this point for the Blackhawks. But what was really nice was that after they started to wake up in those last 10 minutes or so, they managed to take advantage of their momentum and capitalized for a couple of goals in the second period. The first one came just a couple of minutes in a vintage Jonathan Tays moment. He won the offensive zone faceoff after uh, a poor icing by the Penguins. Kubalik rings the puck around the boards. Tays does a good job of using his size to shield away Jeff Carter and then makes a beautiful no-look pass cross crease to set up Jujar Kara backdoor for his first goal as a member of the Blackhawks. And Kara, to many people's surprise, was the one that actually got the bump up in the Blackhawks lineup with Brandon Hagel missing last night's game. Kara joined Taze and Kubalik on that Hawks second line and actually looked uh, looked pretty sharp there for the most part, I thought. And that decision actually turned out to be marvelous by head coach Derek King because not only Kara cashed in for his first goal of the season, but a lot of people I think don't know this about Jujar Kara right now, but he is by far the Blackhawks' best defensive forward so far this season. I mean... The numbers, if you go and look at look at them analytically, he is far and beyond everyone else. So it makes sense to put him on a second line with Jonathan Taze, who's always been a strong two-way center. And then Dominic Kubalik is the goal-scoring touch of that trio. So I thought that was also a really smart decision by head coach Derek King last night as well. You know, with Kara, he's just an absolute bowling ball out there. Every time he's on the ice, he's not afraid to get physical. He's not the fastest of players but he is so physical. He'll get up, get right up in your face and he's not going to make anything easy for his opponent. So that's the, the side of Jujar Kara I've really liked so far this season. And honestly, if he can keep providing that aspect on the second line with just a hint of offense, I really wouldn't mind him in that second line role as long as Brandon Hagel's out of the lineup. Then towards the end of the second period with the Hawks up one to nothing, after a dominant offensive zone shift by the DeBrinket, Doc, and Kane line, the puck found its way to Seth Jones at the right point, and he absolutely roofed a shot past the blocker of Penn's goaltender, Tristan Yari, a full-on snipe from Jones, double posting in for his first goal as, the, as a member of the Blackhawks as well. He and Kara both with their first goals in Chicago in the second period, and it was just about damn time for Seth. I mean, we've seen the offensive side of his game be tremendous through all those assists. He has the most assists of any defenseman in the NHL right now, but we've yet to see that goal scoring side. So it was nice to see that not only did he come through for his first of the season, but it also happened to be an absolute beauty. Um, And now, by the way, Seth Jones is tied with 
2021 uh, Norris Trophy winner Adam Fox for the most points among all NHL defensemen as well. And he went on to uh, actually also extended his point streak to five games with that goal as well. So it's been a really strong stretch here in the past week or so for Seth Jones. And that's exactly the type of play we need out of him as our number one defenseman. I'll have more on Jones coming up a little bit later in the episode. But then after 40 minutes, the Blackhawks headed into the third period with a two to nothing lead. They were looking to cruise their way to a second consecutive victory, something that hadn't happened yet so far this season. But my, oh my folks, those final 20 minutes were exactly how this team just cannot afford to play down the stretch, especially in a crucial game, a crucial time of the season where they just need to start compiling wins as many as possible right now. In the third period alone, the Blackhawks were outshot 20 to 5 by Pittsburgh. They were outchanced 13 to 4. And just once again, with their backs against the wall, the Blackhawks defense really didn't show any life or didn't have any answers whatsoever. I mean, just completely dominated. And while you do expect a team that's trailing to come out surging, more so probably in the final 10 minutes of the third period, it's absolutely unacceptable for the entire 20 minutes to basically be a power play for the Penguins. I mean, it was slap shot regatta out there. Um, And had it not been for... Marc-Andre Fleury and his efforts down the stretch against the team that drafted him first overall nearly 20 years ago, all the way back in 2003, had it not been for Fleury, honestly, the Penguins probably could have come away with a victory in regulation here. And the most discouraging part about this effort by the Blackhawks in the third period, the most discouraging part of it to me, is that the Penguins were completely depleted. I mean. Not only were they without both Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin, by the way, I accidentally said on yesterday's episode that Crosby was dealing with a wrist injury. Well, he, he was dealing with a wrist injury, but he actually returned from that, played one game, and then tested positive for COVID-19. So he didn't miss last night's game because of the wrist injury. He missed it because of COVID. But along with Crosby and Malkin, Penguins were also missing most of their defense in Chad Ruedel. Uh, Brian Dumoulin, Marcus Pedersen, all three of those guys were out in COVID protocol along with head coach Mike Sullivan. So uh, for the Blackhawks to get absolutely dominated the way they did by, as I said, a decimated Penguins roster, um, that definitely isn't a good look for the Hawks defense. And it was honestly pretty embarrassing the way that they played there in that third period. I mean, It just definitely wasn't good enough and not how you want to finish off a game. Jeff Carter wound up scoring both the goals for the Pens. Uh, By the way, he's now 36 years old, which is kind of crazy to think. I remember Jeff Carter being a huge member of that LA Kings team uh, back in the day. Whatever, we're not going to go there. Bad times, by the way, that 70s line. Um, The first one that he scored, though, he got some inside position on Seth Jones. A good pass from Gensel. He's able to redirect it through Fleury's five-hole to cut the Hawks' deficit in half. And then with less than five minutes remaining in the third period, this one was a tough one for the Blackhawks because Kubalik had just rang one off the post, and then Mike Hardman had a breakaway opportunity as well, but that got stopped by Yari. And then the Pens come back up the ice with some speed, Gensel finds Carter once again, and just like that, 
The Penguins tie the game 2-2 two to two with under five minutes of play. A full-on backbreaker given up there by the Blackhawks. They did manage to force the game into overtime, thankfully, due to a goal post in the final couple minutes. Marc-Andre Fleury, classic, rubbing his, his buddy the goal post after getting a little bit of help there. But I, I will say that three-on-three period of overtime was absolutely incredible, just filled with some back-and-forth ap- action from, from start to finish. And Alex Dabrinkit had a couple of really good chances to end this one. Uh, he, he had a shot. Uh, from right out in the slot that Yari made a huge save on. Him and Kaner also had a 2 on no breakaway. And, of course, Kaner rings it off the pipe. Um, I don't know how the Blackhawks weren't able to finish that one off in OT. But for the first time this season, they wound up going to a shootout. Uh, started off with Vintage Taser going five-hole on Yari to put the Blackhawks ahead. Marc-Andre Fleury comes through clutch and stops both pen shooters that he faced and then Alex to with the uh with the puck on his stick the game on the line he goes bar down glove high past Tristan Yari bar down Brinksy and that gave the Blackhawks the three to two shootout win they absolutely needed to come away with two points last night they did so by the skin of their teeth but hey we'll take them anyway we can get them right now and the Blackhawks we're able to move to 3-9-2 on the season thanks to some heroics from Alex Dabrinkit and Jonathan Taze in the shootout, keeping head coach Derek King undefeated, moving him to 2-0-0 so far on the season. All right, that takes care of my recap over last night's win over the Pittsburgh Penguins. Coming up in just a moment, I am going to talk about the Hawks' offseason acquisitions proving to be the difference in last night's victory. But first, I need to talk to you all about betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. And be sure to use our promo code LOCKEDON, one word in all caps, to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. NFL and college football are starting to close in on the postseason. UFC had some incredible fights last weekend. They got a couple more coming up this Saturday. Max Holloway is fighting. Not going to lie, I'm probably going to have some money on Max. And we're also now in the midst of the NBA and the NHL getting up and running as you don't want to miss anything for either of those. So for any sport you want to gamble on, you can get all the latest news, odds, and info with Bet Online. They have real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's also free to sign up. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Head on over to the website, or you can also use your mobile device to sign up today. And be sure to use our exclusive promo code, LOCKDOWN, that's one word in all caps, to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, we're back here on the Locked On Blackhawks podcast. Moving into segment three, before I wrap things up for the day, I wanted to be sure to share a couple of other stats and takeaways that I had from the Hawks' victory over Pittsburgh last night as well. First off, I want to start by talking about how the Hawks' offseason additions made all the difference in the win last night, starting with Seth Jones with 31-49 of ice time. Uh, But more so than that, I thought it was arguably his best performance of the season. Uh, Played over half the game, I mean. And not only that, but 
He played like a true number one defenseman last night on both sides of the puck. And I know that he did get beat by Jeff Carter early on in that third period to give the pen some life. But I still think that he was really solid in the defensive zone for the most part. And of course, scored an absolute dandy of the of a goal to record his first as a member of the Blackhawks. And in that three-on-three period, I don't know if the Hawks were able to force a shootout without some of the plays that Seth Jones made. I mean, a couple of big-time breakups. He was also the one that made the play that led to Kane and Debrinkit having a 2-on-0, which should have ended the game right then and there. Um, So just overall, very nice to see Jones play like a true number one defenseman last night. And those are the types of games he needs to be playing consistently for this team. In my opinion, the consistency has been the only issue with Seth Jones so far this season because when he when he's on top of his game, he looks great, and there's no doubt that he can impact the game in all three zones. But when he's not on top of his game, when he's had a bad game this year, they have been really bad. And as a number one defenseman, especially for this Blackhawks team, they just – can't afford for Jones's bad games to be that poor. That's been really my only knack on Seth Jones so far this season, but great to see him have a dominant performance like he did last night against the Penguins, and without him, I'm not sure the Blackhawks managed to come away with the victory. Also, Marc-Andre Fleury, folks, he wasn't tested very often through those first 40 minutes, but in the third period when the Blackhawks were getting absolutely dominated, um, and speaking, I just want to say, When you go 40 minutes without really getting tested, I mean, it's not like the Penguins weren't throwing anything on him at all, but at the same time, he wasn't really getting consistent shots against him until the third period when it was literally slap shot regatta out there. So it was really impressive to me to see Flower in that third period, no signs of rust. He was up to the challenge, stood on his head for the Blackhawks and and did everything he could in order to try and lead his team to victory. Unfortunately, Pens were able to beat him twice, but I can't blame Marc-Andre Fleury from either of the, for either of those. In total, he wound up stopping 18 of the 20 shots that he faced in that third period. He finished with 42 saves on 44 shot faces on the night, and that is what led to him picking up his second victory of the season here in Chicago. And going back to the last game that he had against Pittsburgh, it was uh, the... Third, yeah, it was the third game of the season for the Blackhawks. Flurry returns to the place he once called home and he got embarrassed. The Pens put up four goals on Flurry in the first period on just 10 shots. Flower gets pulled, and he even talked about how it was just so frustrating and, and disappointing for him to have that type of return to Pittsburgh. So, really nice to see Flower shine here last night against the Pens, picking up a big win against his former club. Um, I was very happy for him, and I would probably guess that he's going to be back in that once again for the Blackhawks on Friday night against the Arizona Coyotes. A couple of other things I wanted to be sure to mention real quick before finishing up the episode, folks. The Blackhawks power play has now gone four consecutive games without recording a goal, and they've dropped all the way down to 17th in the NHL, converting at just 20%, and they're now 0 for 12 during that four-game stretch. And look, I don't know. I'm not the head coach, but maybe Ryan Carpenter shouldn't be out there with that top power play unit any longer. That, to me, just... I don't know how Derek King 
could come in here and has made all the changes that he has in the lineup, but is still leaving Ryan Carpenter in the bumper role with the top power play unit. That just makes absolutely no sense to me at all. He's a guy with just one power play goal on his entire career and has mostly been known as a fourth line grinder who's an asset for his team on the penalty kill unit, not the power play. This is a guy who's known for his defensive abilities. So I just don't get how he belongs on the man advantage with guys like Kane to Taves and Seth Jones. Like, what are we doing here? Why not Kirby Doc is the man in the middle and kind of force him to have a more aggressive mindset with the puck on his stick? Because um, once people start to respect Patrick Kane at that left circle and the cross crease pass that he has all the way over to Alex Dabrinkit, also the fact that Kaner can shoot it from that right circle and has the option of pushing it down low to Jonathan Taze, once all other <clears throat> once other NHL teams have to respect those options, that's going to open up everything for the man in the middle in that bumper roll. But with Carpenter there right now, basically the defense is going, all right, if, if Ryan Carpenter beats us there, so be it. And so far, he hasn't beat anyone in that position. So I, I just don't understand why Kirby Doc isn't out there with the top power play unit right now. And honestly, why not? Adam Gaudette in that role either. And by the way, Gaudette played a team low five minutes and 18 seconds last night. I just, that I don't understand as well. I will admit Derek King has done mostly the right things since coming in here as head coach in terms of the lineup. But for Adam Gaudette to be playing, what is that, a minute and a half a period? I mean, like, that doesn't make any sense to me. This was a guy who proved to the Blackhawks organization that he has some offensive skill in his game and also can have success in a bottom six role at the same time. So for the Blackhawks, Colleton first and now King as well to not really give him any opportunities to succeed, that's just really frustrating to me because I know Adam Gaudette can help this Blackhawks team, but in order for him to do that, they have to use him to the best of their abilities and they have not done so so far this season. And speaking of low ice time, by the way, once again, Eric Gustafson proved to be the odd man out of the defensive group for the Blackhawks last night. Gustafson finished with just eight minutes and six seconds of time on ice, and he's now compiled only 14 minutes and 27 seconds in the two games at, with Derek King as the head coach. And with Wyatt Kalanuck on the verge of returning, Kalanuck was actually activated off long-term injured reserve right before the Hawks hit the ice for pregame warmups last night. With Kalanuck, seeming to be pretty close to rejoining the lineup. You got to imagine that uh, Eric Gustafson is probably on his final days with this Blackhawks organization because for them to send him to Rockford, that wouldn't really make any sense right now either. Why would you want to go play Eric Gustafson and take ice time away from prospects like Ian Mitchell, Nicholas Bodan, Alec Regula, uh, Jakob Galvis, probably Isaac Phillips once he he clears COVID protocol as well. Um, it just doesn't really make Gustafson make any sense for Gustafson to be here any longer. And honestly, he hasn't looked anything close to an NHL level defenseman in his time in his second stint here with the Blackhawks. What a terrible final move by Stan Bowman, by the way. Just has not worked out in any way 
shape or form, Eric Gustafson has been bad. I can't, I can't lie to you. Eric Gustafson has been bad. So again, I imagine he's probably in his final days here as a member of the Blackhawks. And uh, unless COVID issues continue to plague this team, which somehow that just seems to keep happening. And we also just played against a Penguins team that's been decimated by COVID. So hopefully the Blackhawks don't have any more new cases when they hit the ice this morning for practice, because I think that's the only way that uh, Eric Gustafson is going to remain a member of the Chicago Blackhawks for much longer. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I think that will wrap up Wednesday, November 10th episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. Thank you again for tuning into the show. And if you're listening to the audio version of this, then please be sure to go and follow the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast for free right now on your favorite podcast app. And you can get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And after the show, be sure to go check out the Lockdown Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. You can get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day by just simply following the Lockdown Bets podcast. It's free and available on all platforms, so be sure to check out Lockdown Bets wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, thank you for tuning into today's episode. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you could also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at TalkinHockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. For any questions regarding anything related to the show, feel free to email LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com. You can also hit me on any one of my Twitter accounts, or you can call 708-653-0572 to leave a voicemail. So until tomorrow's episode, thanks again for listening to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.